Hi there, Pastor Austin Vondracek here. Thank you for joining us at Rosewood Church Online. My prayer for you is that this message by our guest pastor and friend will be used by God to bless, teach, and challenge you today. And whether you call Rosewood home and are catching up on a past message, or you're one of our many long-distance partners who tune in every week, would you consider giving back to support the ministries and missions of Rosewood Church? You can do so easily through our website, rosewoodchurch.org. And if you're listening and you're local to the West Michigan area, we would love to have you in person when the time is right for you. And again, I pray this blesses you and helps you grow in your love of Jesus Christ. Well, it's such a privilege being here. My name is Reverend Leonard McElveen, and I'm the Vice President of Ministry at Mel Trotter Ministries. And I think I was here a couple of years ago. I'm not exactly sure. You know, the older you get, the stuff starts blending in all together. Uh, but I know that I was here um, either a year ago or two years ago or three years ago, somewhere like that. But anyway, it's such a privilege being back today. I count it a privilege to be able to anytime to share from the Word of God and to lead in worship of the Word itself. Uh, before I get started, I'd like to tell you a story, boys and girls. <laughs> Amen. Now, this is going to be interactive. I know you're not used to this, but you're going to have to help me out. It's just me up here, and there's all of you out there, okay? Not fair. All right, so there was a senior citizen that, uh, you know, had bought a brand-new Corvette, and so he decided that what he would do is he would take it out on the highway and see what it would do. And so it's a Friday afternoon. It's about 4 o'clock, and... Uh, he takes his Corvette out, and he's speeding down the, uh, the freeway, and all of a sudden, he got that thing up to about, you know, 100 miles an hour. He passes a state trooper, so the state trooper then pulls him over to the side of the highway, and when he pulls him over, the state trooper says, listen, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And my shift ends at 4.30. If you can give me a reason for why you were driving so fast that I've never heard before, I'll let you go. And so the guy sits there and he thinks for a second. And he says to the state trooper, he says, my wife ran off with a state trooper 25 years ago and I thought you were bringing her back. The trooper says, have a nice weekend, slow down. <laughs> so I want to talk to you a little bit today about the mercy and the compassion of God. The God that we serve is a God that has a tremendous amount of compassion and a tremendous amount of mercy. And I think many times God gets a, big, a bad rap in this world because we tend to think of God in ways that insurance company does claims. We think of God as the God of disasters, you know. So anytime something happens and we have no other explanation, we say, well, it was an act of God. 
you know. But I want you to know that the God that we serve has a tremendous amount of love, a tremendous amount of compassion, and he has a tremendous desire to, to demonstrate that compassion and to demonstrate that love to each one of us and to demonstrate it to the world in which we are. And there is a little short passage of Scripture that I want to read to you, and you just have to follow along with me. It's, it's in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 6, verse 32 through 34, it says, So they went by themselves into a boat to a solitary place, but many saw them leaving, recognized them, and they ran on foot from the towns and got there ahead of them. And when Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd. I want to stop right there. First of all, I want you to know that even when you can't see God, he sees you. That he saw the crowd. And, and there are so many people that are in the crowd in this world that thinks that God doesn't notice them. I want you to know that God's vision is not limited to our 2020 vision. That the vision that we have is not subjected to say that it is the type of vision that God has. And there are so many of us are suffering from the absentee idea about God the Father because we tend to think that God sees the way that we see. But the scripture says that he saw the crowd, and he saw everyone in the crowd. As a matter of fact, Jesus takes it a step farther and says that even the hairs that are on your head, he sees them. Now, I shaved all of mine off this morning. <laughs> he sees. And not only does he see, but he's interested. He's not an absentee God. Okay. So he saw the large crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were like sheep without a shepherd. There is nothing wrong with our world that does not fit into the category of we're like sheep without a shepherd. Most of the things that we want to fix and we probably should be trying to fix, but you need to know that there is nothing wrong in this world that does not fit into the category of people are like sheep without a shepherd. Let me bring it home. There's nothing wrong with the church. Say amen. amen. Need to know I got the right crowd. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the church that doesn't fit into the category of people acting like sheep without a shepherd. We do have a shepherd, but they were like sheep without a shepherd, and our world is like sheep 
without a shepherd. This is why we should be trying to introduce them to the shepherd. The division that we're experiencing, the everybody that knows so much more and so smart and know everything and deciding that we're going to do whatever we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, it all fits into the category of people acting like sheep without a shepherd. So, they were like sheep without a shepherd. But, but Jesus had compassion. Jesus sees our needs and has a tremendous amount of compassion. And now what I want to do is I want to walk you through a pretty short passage of Scripture that actually demonstrates the, the mercy, the compassion, and the love of God in a very powerful way. In Luke 17, verse 11, it says this. Now, when he was on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, and he went into the village, and ten men who had leprosy met him. Ten men who had leprosy met him. Now, leprosy is not something that we see Today, a lot, okay? It still exists, but it is not seen, especially in this country, very much today. Because leprosy, when it comes to scripture, leprosy was a disease that actually caused you to be excommunicated out of community so that you wouldn't pass it on. It is equated in scripture as being very similar to sin. Leprosy excommunicates people out of community. And what does sin do? Well, it causes people to not want to be in community. So it was equated as similar to sin. And so Jesus comes in contact with people that are being pulled away from community. So let's see what happens in the story. So it says that as he was going, 10 men who had leprosy met him and they stood at a distance. Let me say something to you. Sin, leprosy, will pull you to a distant relationship with God. And what is it that pulls you? Number one, whenever you're being pulled into a distant relationship with God, there are a lot of people that say, I believe in God, but they have a distant relationship with God. A distant relationship with God. I hear even some of the singers and some of the the people who are all out in the world. And they say, oh yeah, I believe in God. I believe in the man upstairs. Distant relationship with God. A lot of people believe in God. 
But they don't believe in a close, uptight, personal, intimate fellowship relationship with God. They believe in a distant relationship with God. And when you are believing in a distant relationship with God, then you just do whatever you want to do here because God is far away. Who's the boss of my life? Me! Because my God, yeah, I believe in him. But he's distant. Amen. Or ouch. <laughs> so they stood at a distance. I want to give you a couple of things that will actually cause us to be at more of a distance in our relationship with God than we need to be. Number one, one of the reasons that they stood at a distance was shame. You know, when you are doing something or have done something and you know all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and most of us, I know that I do, we continue to sin and fall short of the glory of God. You know, it's not my righteousness that saves me. It is trusting in what Christ has done for me that makes the difference. But we keep doing things that put us at a distance. And so shame. I feel shame. The lepers felt shame. They had to yell, leper, leper, leper. And then they were excommunicated from the community. They could see the community, but they couldn't get into it. There's some of us can see what community looks like. But we're not in it. Amen. You knew I was going to start meddling before this message was over, right? So they stood at a distance, and it was because of shame that they stood at a distance. And let me tell you something else that will actually keep you at a distance. What will keep you at a distance is guilt. Guilt for the stuff that we do that puts us at a distance. Why do we feel guilt? Because we're guilty. Amen. That's, that's profound. Let me give you a couple other things that will keep us at a distance. Frustration. Frustration will keep us at a distance. And... Anger. You know, the biggest problem we have is anger at ourselves. And if you have shame and you have guilt and you have frustration and you have anger and you have and, and, and none of those things are dealt with, eventually it turns into bitterness. And bitterness will keep us at a distance. 
So let's see what Jesus says. We go on to verse 14 where it says, When he saw them, he said to them, with his compassion, with his mercy, he said, I'm sorry, I missed the verse. They stood at a distance and they said, have pity on us. And then it says, when he saw them, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, we don't have the Hebrew Judean priesthood system anymore, so that's out. And I wouldn't dare encourage you to go show yourself to the Catholic priests. Amen. (laughs) That's not going to work. Okay. But let me give you a more of a modern-day vernacular of what we need to do when we're dealing with shame, when we're dealing with guilt, when we're dealing with frustration, when we're dealing with anger, and especially when bitterness sets in. Go and show yourself to the community. Go and show yourself to the church. And if you can't go and show yourself to the church, go and show yourself to your small group. If you're in a small group, if that's not going to work, then find two other believers and go and show yourself to them. And what are you going to show them? You're going to show them the shame, the guilt, the, the frustration, the bitterness, and the anger. Now, here's what Jesus said. And as they went, as they went, as they went, as they walked, as they went, as they as they simply travel, as you go toward the community, they were healed. Listen, sometimes we're looking for our healing, and we want our healing to come. And I hope this doesn't mess you guys up with the camera. But we want our healing to come from this. Just sitting here. But Jesus says, go! And as they went, They were healed. And as you go, confess your faults one to another. Confess your sins one to another. As you go, you will be cleansed. So how do we fight the battle of the fact that we know that we have a Savior that has done everything that we need done for us, and yet we keep taking it back and keep taking it back? We have to go, and we have to go toward the things that he's provided for us. And the very first thing he provided for us is the church. We have to go. Now, the scripture says that one of them, when he realized that he was healed, he came back.
I think that all ten realized that they were healed, but only one came back giving glory to God. And as you go into this year, as you go into this brand new year, as you go, make a decision that you're going to go in such a way that you go in a cleansing way. And whenever you are going in community, when you are going in community, when you're going in small groups, when you're going in gathering together with the believers, as you go into being there for somebody who's in need, who's carrying shame and guilt and frustration and anger, and as you go in these relationships, not only do those people get cleansed, but you get cleansed too and give the glory to God. And then Jesus says, weren't there ten? Where are the nine? Be the one. Or better than that. Be all ten that come back and give glory to God. All right, let's pray. So, Lord, we just, we thank you that you're not a distant God, but you are a merciful God who desires to demonstrate your compassion and mercy toward us. That's your number one desire. And Lord, help us to be people that say yes. That, Lord, I'm going to bring anything that might put me at a distance from you. I'm going to bring anything that might bring shame in my life. I'm going to bring anything that might lead to guilt in my life. I'm going to bring anything that might lead to frustration and anger. And Lord, help me to never settle in on bitterness. And we're going to trust you, Lord. And we're going to trust you that as we go in confession of these things, that you will cleanse us and make us whole. And we will come back to you and give you the glory. We pray all of this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said. Thank you again for making Rosewood a part of your day. Now go in peace to love and serve the Lord.